So we've stumbled upon our topic for today. <laughs> um, your worst car accident or your worst car fortune. Like you should have gotten an accident, but you didn't. This was in college days with Josie. And we are heading to a gospel sing. You would only <laughs> know that if you are from the Midwest. But we were going, we were driving like an hour or two away to go to like a small country church where they would sing starting from, I don't know, like 6, 7 p.m. till midnight, 1 o'clock. And so you would bring your own instrument and you would sing and then you would go down and then another family would come up and they would sing. So we were going to this gospel sing. Is this like your college said, no, 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 no. you have to go or is somebody invited us. you sought out and no, someone invited us okay. and you couldn't come up with an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really cool. Like it's, it's cool. So, uh, the crazy thing is, is we were going on an on-ramp and I guess I had been watching too much need for speed or fast and furious. <laughs> and I remember well, there's only like what? 20 of those now. <laughs> I remember like very vividly, one of uh, one of the guys that was in my life that was older than me, I remember him saying, if you accelerate through the turn, the car will hug the road and it will be exhilarating. And so I'm like, Josie, and we, we couldn't have been married for six months. I'm like, Josie, I'm going to accelerate through this turn. So we're going like 30, 40, 50, 60. We get up to 70 miles an hour through this ramp. And I lose control of the car and we're just spinning and spinning and spinning. And all we see is like the what's in front of us, what's behind us, what's in front of us, what's behind us, five or six turns. And then we end up in the dead center of the interstate of a four lane highway. Prayerfully, nobody was on it. Like you when you say in the middle, was there like a grass in the middle that you ended up in? No, no, no. Like in the middle of four lanes. So that yeah, kind of taken up too. So it's like this thing going on, and we're accelerating the turn. I lose, and we're doing this, 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 and now we're in the middle of a highway, like stopped. So I have, <laughs> and actually, it was so scary. The worst wreck that I've been a part of was I was driving in a minivan with some friends. We were going to uh, some concert or something, and I was in the back seat, and we were driving in a neighborhood, kind of like a neighborhood like what we live in um, where it's not like, it's not a super busy street and we didn't have a stop sign, but the cross street did have a stop sign and we're going through a cross street. And all I see out of the corner of my eye over here is a big, massive Brown UPS truck, not stopping and coming directly T-bone T-boned us at the side. And you were in the middle? In the middle. And I'm like just staring. Praise the Lord for the middle. The whole way. Like, oh my, this thing. Like, it was crazy. That's Final Destination stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to die. I would say six months to a year. Like, I would still, I would, like, I had PTSD about cars. Like, even like coming to. Is that why you flinch when the UPS guy shows up at church? (laughs) (laughs) But that was crazy. That was the worst Rick I've been a part of. Robert? I have not been in a car accident. And I'm trying to think. I'm making sure. 
I'm not going to share probably the closest that I ever came because uh, it's, it wouldn't be a good story. It might discourage some people from certain things that we want to encourage them to do. <laughs> <laughs> what? what does that mean? All it right. Was, it was there. It was <laughs> foreign country, foreign roads. <laughs> On a chicken bus? We're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> chicken bus? <laughs> hey, you should sign up for a mission trip. <laughs> You might come home alive. <laughs> I always have, so. <laughs> Until you don't. <laughs> True. Hey, welcome to ACC Talk. This is Jarrell. My name's Dave. And I'm Rob. Hey, and we just want to welcome you. Uh, this is just a weekly podcast where we talk about things that are either going on in the church or we expand on sermons or just relevant topics of the day. And today, what we want to talk to you about is coming to a middle ground and in that middle ground, what we want to come to is between the different generations. And so we're going to talk a little bit about previous generations, current generations, and then how that kind of plays out in the church. So let's just talk about the elephant in the room, uh, millennials. And so millennials have lots of either nicknames or they're known for certain things. And so kind of to kick this off, uh, what are some things that you guys have heard about millennials? Uh, I think the the most... Uh, often one that I've heard is that they're lazy. Mm. Robert? He doesn't want to offend the millennials in the room. I will say this. I am a millennial, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember if it was. I never remember where the gaps fall in on the generations, but it was funny. There was a 1980 on millennials. 1980 to like 2000 millennials. Yeah, I still don't know if that was... That was just a funny video of just some of the things that have changed. Of like somebody... I'm not sure if they're a millennial or the next generation, but the whole like folding a map, like mm. a physical map. My mom re- had a map. A rotary phone. Trying to figure out a rotary how phone. How to use a rotary yeah. phone. Or even they gave a... It was Ellen did this with some young lady on a show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like the phone book even. Like <laughs> just funny to think about like those changes. Yeah. Know, like how that is just so foreign to some... Yeah, I think most recently um, what I've heard of millennials is uh, the killers of napkins and plastic straws. Oh, my gosh. I think uh, another thing that I've heard of millennials um, that I'm not super proud of is the Tide Pod Challenge, you know, <laughs> back in the day when it was cool to eat a Tide Pod I'm not sure why. and die. Wait a second, you think though, that's cool? Was that millennials or was that Generation Z? <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure it was millennials, but uh, we're just going to throw that in there with the, the we're young, just gonna give it young to them ones. Even not. <laughs> the young ones. <laughs> All right. So be nice in the comments. Be nice. I'm a millennial. Dave's a millennial. I don't. Rob, do you know what you are? Oh, he's Gen X through and through. All right. Yeah, yeah that's what, great. That's, great. That's, that's, what that's what he is. That's what he is. <laughs> so be nice in the comments. Actually, I have no clue he's, any of those things. He's so Generation X that he doesn't want to be labeled Generation X. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so put some of the either things that you've heard, misconceptions, memes, any of those things in the comments about, uh, about any generation. Don't just pick on the millennials. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> You've been yes, saving that one. You've been saving that one. If you're salty, if you're salty in the comments, we will be salty to you. <laughs> Let me ask you this then. You talk about the finding middle ground between generations. 
obviously you can make fun like there's that piece maybe of that in millennials dive into that a little bit more explain what you mean like i would necessarily look at it and go that i feel like there's angst to me from younger generation or an older generation so what do you mean by that what are we trying to maybe tackle yeah definitely so it's probably because i don't mean this in a mean way that you're not a millennial but of the last i don't want to say 10 years it feels like millennials have become a punching bag and i would say some of it's probably deserved um, but i think a lot of it is is millennials have gone about and changed and done things differently um, than the previous generation that has brought a lot of angst towards them. And so I think nobody really loves change. And so how do we find a middle ground between, you know, boomers, Generation X, you know, millennials, and now Gen Z, where, you know, they're even doing things wildly different than, than millennials are doing. And what does that look like for us to maybe not agree on everything, but get to a place where we can um, really kind of love each other and um, maybe respect the differences between the generations. Of course, you know, there's some things going on right now in terms of, hey, maybe it's fun. It's funny, you know, to call millennials snowflakes and, and those sorts of different things where there might be angst right now between millennials and other generations. But um, is this a new concept? Has there ever been any other um, issues between generations? And maybe, you know, what can we learn from that? I think... Pastor Robert, I'll probably be the best person because you've. You trying uh, to say I'm old? <laughs> no, older, not to say older that. than you, older than me. But I, I would say, like you, you may have some uh, perspective on how the generation before you talked about Generation X. Was that even like a conversation when you were growing up? I don't remember it. Okay. I think that what I've watched, I mean, I think there's two things when you start talking about generations that I've seen. It's more in the sense of personal in family and then probably in the larger scope would be just dealing with generation gaps in the church between certain generations. And I wouldn't even necessarily classify it uh, in terms of like millennials, boomers or any of that i think i would put it more in just kind of age ranges and more of um kind of styles that has fallen in the church but like just on a personal side i think it's really interesting to watch where some tension can come between generations uh my grandma who lived to be 100 and passed away a few years ago like i just think about her growing up you know it was she was able to use a typewriter, you know, it was the rotary phone, all of that stuff. And so, like, my parents were like, we need to get her to learn how to email, like, how to use a cell phone. And I'd watch my parents get so mad at my grandma because and frustrated <laughs> because she couldn't grasp it. It was just like, I mean, you think about how drastic of a change that is from, like, where she had kind of grown up and come from to where it was when she passed away. Um really wild and my parents would get so frustrated at her and I'd sit there and be like she's like 99 years old she's not gonna figure <laughs> that out right like, like, just, just, just be glad she's like talking to us right it's, and a, so, it's a, that story is super ironic and so it's like amazing right and so like I would sit there and I'd be that way and I'd be like why do they get so annoyed well I find myself getting annoyed at my parents now. It's like they call with iPhone questions. And it's like, you know, you're just like, oh, you want to bang your head. And I think 
part of that struggle comes, it's almost that generation that's before you or right after you is maybe where you can struggle the most with. Because like I look at it with my grandma, I was like, his grandma, I, you know, I love the lady. She's amazing. And why are you getting frustrated? She's an older lady and she doesn't get it. And I almost see that my kids can sometimes, I'll make kind of laugh like Nana and Papa don't get how to do something. But ultimately <laughs> their heart is not like, oh, like I can just get annoyed. It's like, really? How can you not know that? Like... You both are educated adults, and it's like you should understand. It's just, <laughs> ah, they've made it so easy. <laughs> Follow the yeah. directions, and so I think that's some of what it, you know. As I think about this, and you start talking about like the generations, I think it's really hard when you, especially, start to see like your parents start to struggle, and maybe they're having the harder time keeping up with the change in the in technology, um, and you get. You know, you really start changing from your parents always being the one that you could go to to ask for help or advice to now you're really having to give that to them. And I think that can create some angst and some frustration for people that is a part of that. I think part of it is that uh, when I go to see my grandparents, I expect them to have iPhone questions. Like I just expect it. Like I expect them to have questions about how to use the iPhone, how to set up their Wi-Fi. Like I don't, I don't expect them to know that stuff. But like when you talk about your parents, like you kind of expect them to know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've always yeah. been that to give. I mean, they did so much guiding and teaching yeah. really as you grew up, and so that's that. So. so yeah, so it's good to know that this isn't like a new problem. Like it's not just millennials or young people and old people, but it's been something that's been happening for a long time. And so you were what sharing is, the story about the. The grocery store, and I, th- I thought that what you were sharing, I thought that was super interesting and kind of sh- shows uh, that it isn't a new problem. And yeah, I think definitely. That was interesting. So people born in the early 1900s, uh, pretty much if you wanted to eat something, you were going to go out to your garden and you were going to pick it. And if you had a cow or you had a pig, you know, that was like one of those things that if you were going to eat meat, it was going to be not like a rare treat, but it wasn't going to be something like today where it's like we're eating hamburgers every night or steak every night. And so uh, grocery stores, supermarkets started becoming really popular around 1945, 46. And um, that particular generation looked at the next generation like, man, like how convenient it is for you to be able to just go to a grocery store and buy whatever you want whenever you want. And so that kind of idea and thought process of laziness kind of started there back in the 1940s. Um, and I can only imagine that it's evolved to now you order groceries on your cell phone and then they deliver it to your door. I could only imagine <laughs> what they think about the laziness of Gen Z and millennials. But I think that the reality is, and Rob, you kind of addressed this with technology, is technology and information and access and availability, it's just becoming easier and easier and more plentiful um, every single day. Um, and so what we can do is we can rag on it um, and we can call someone lazy or we can just say, hey, you know, my experiences growing up are different than yours. Um, we're not all to turn off our lights and then light candles, you know, for to be able to see like we embrace, you know, the different technologies that are of the day. Um, and we don't rag on each other just because our experiences growing up were different. Yeah, I mean, even like my kids, like grow the way that they grow up is totally different. Like the idea that they can watch what sh- whatever show they want at whatever time they want was not what I grew up with. Yeah, like, it was just what's on, 
that's what you get to watch. We didn't even, I didn't even have cable. So it was like whatever is on like the four channels that our <laughs> antenna could get. Yeah. <laughs> that's what was on and that's what you were going to watch. And my kids, like they can watch anything. Like they, they, they aren't bored. Yeah. They have that option to them to never be bored. And so like even for us as parents, like trying to like navigate, how do we, how do we raise them well and still like, because I, I do think that that boredom piece can be important, mm-hmm. uh, especially in creativity and trying to figure problem solve and trying to work through stuff. I think having everything at your fingertips whenever you want is not always good for us as humans. And then just trying to figure out those differences and generations. I think that's interesting too. It's interesting too. If you watch generations, there's certain things that I feel like, obviously I feel like even just for myself, if you know how to do something, there's a comfort in that and it's good. And so like something new comes along, like do I want to learn how to do that? You know, you have to kind of make those conscious decisions to kind of stay up to date on things. And so I think obviously the older you get, the maybe harder that becomes to do. And so I think that's part of it maybe as you start looking at it. But it's interesting as you think about it how certain innovations and changes in society people have embraced. And then also at the same time, there's certain ones that they haven't. I've seen this very clear in the in the church. And I talk about the church at large. I'm not talking about ACC um, just in some of my experience of, you know, how that is. It's like uh, I've had a church experience where a church really had gotten stuck in a format, in a style that at one point was very relevant. And so they desire to see the youth, the young people in the church, but what they're doing isn't relevant to the youth of today. And so you try to talk about that, and they just don't get it. And one of those illustrations was to kind of look at the phone and talk to these people. You'd say, when you first got married, what kind of phone did you have? You know, it's, it's literally the rotary phone, right? And even if you go back before that and never had to do it, I'm not that old, but like, <laughs> you know, you see those movies, old movies of like a switchboard and people pulling wires and plugging them back in. And so that concept of you didn't stay with that phone. The rotary came around and you loved it. You actually then learned, oh, man, we can put a really long phone cord on this thing that stretches like throughout the whole house. I can walk from where this phone is attached to the wall and sit in the living room. Um, some you probably have no clue. Um, <laughs> my, no, bro, my grandmother passed uh, a 2000. We had quarter phones. 15 ish. <laughs> she had long cords on her phone to the day that she passed away. Like. We had she didn't have cords. wireless phones. <laughs> yeah. And then, she just had long cords. But then what happened, right? And then it went wireless. And then, obviously, and then the innovation of the cell phone and came And then along. it died. <laughs> it's like, it almost like, who has a home phone? Like, we actually have a home phone. I'm like, why do we have a home phone? We that never, is a good question. Why never, do you have a home phone? We never answer it. We <laughs> yeah. never do anything with it. It just sits Telemarketers. There. And uh, <laughs> every now and then you hear the answering machine kick off. It's like, oh, we have a phone. Uh, and so we, we embrace that. And so... Ultimately, the same desire of the phone is the same, is to be able to communicate with somebody. But obviously, the phones, there's a lot more things we can do on a smartphone today. Uh, but ultimately, the phone's purpose is in that communication. And so as you even look at church, the church needs to continue to change. But sometimes we get stuck like, no, I want it to be this way. And it's, the purpose hasn't changed. The church is still to bring glory to God, to reach people for Jesus Christ, to train his people to do ministry. But yet we struggle when we change how that looks. And I think that's where I've seen a lot of that tension come or maybe a generational gap. We see this divide even in the church. Um, but what are some real practical things that we can do between young people and old people uh, to make sure 
that when people see, uh, when they see Christians, they don't see necessarily young and old, but they see people that all serve the same God. So your ideas in that uh, for this cultural problem that we even see in the church? I think you have to step out of your comfort zone. I think that's the key. Like you have to be willing to kind of bridge the gap uh, and kind of step out of your comfort zone. One of my favorite things that ha- that we've done since we moved here, um, we went reverse trick-or-treating uh, with our kids at, at one of the local nursing homes. And one of my favorite was just seeing my son, Noble, who's six, uh, just talk to these older people and just love it, like just really enjoy it and really put himself out there. And it was just so great. Ask him to ask if he could pray for them mm-hmm. and then actually praying for them. Like just, just an incredible experience. And I think for uh, some of us, it's just like it's kind of that idea of uh, putting yourself in someone else's shoes and kind of trying to trying to look at something from their perspective, I think is so important. And I think just practical and, and making it more practical than just that idea that we've all heard before, but just, you know, put yourself in situations where you have to interact with someone of a different generation. Like just go, go meet, go be intentional. Next time you're at church, go say hi to somebody that you wouldn't, normally say hi to. I think that's such a great thing because we're such creatures of habit. I mean, yeah. typically you can look out and people sit in the same spot every week in the, in the room, you know, my pew or my seat in the room. Um, even I've seen it with events. Actually, I'm really grateful for ACC. I think uh, obviously we try to represent our community and obviously our community has young people, has older people in it. And so as a church, I think that's great. I've, I've always been challenged and, you know, I'm obviously getting older that it's that no. element happens I don't to all believe of us it. every day it's getting great you guys cause it <laughs> and um <laughs> you know there's probably going to come a point in time where maybe what's the most relevant music style in church isn't something that i might be the biggest fan of but somebody always has challenged me and you probably heard it before but you really i want us to be a church that like my kids want to go to or maybe it's your grandkids would want to show up to because as much as maybe we want to keep it how we like it, if that's not reaching that next generation, all we're doing is just setting it up for closure and failure and to come to an end. And I don't think that's what the church is alive and active, and so it's got to continue. And so I think we've got incredible folks at uh, ACC that we'll say are mature and uh, when it comes to age, and they, I love watching that. There's a certain couple that, man, they just get joy when they see like our students sitting towards the front and that's uh, 11 o'clock service. It just brings these guys energy, and they just love it. And, you know, they're an older couple, and they get encouraged by that. When they see young people getting baptized, it's like they'll always make a point to say that and that how that encourages them. And I just love that mindset. And so I think we have to have a mindset of, again, it's not always going to be about me. It shouldn't be about us. And so how can I embrace that? How can I be intentional to get outside of my, maybe my comfort zone? And maybe I'm a young person. Do I notice somebody that's maybe older in the room that I could stop and say hi to? Or if I'm that older person, maybe I'm the one that takes the initiation and goes and talks to a younger person. And even when events happen, we have such a tendency to gather with who we know, push yourself outside of that, and look for maybe that opportunity to engage with somebody in a different generation. Well, that's it. (laughs) 
Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today on ACC Talk. We have three services this weekend. We have it at 9.30, 11, and 12.30 p.m. And so we would love to invite you to that. And what do we got going on this week? Do we have anything going on this week? There's always groups, man. Get in a group. Always groups. Yeah, small groups are going. Uh, uh, and I would say this, like we're, we're probably four weeks into the semester at this point. It is not too late. Like even, uh, you know, I, I lead a couple of groups that are dependent on uh, curriculum. So freedom and fresh start but I can help I help you catch up like it's not it's not too late to start and to find a group and so uh, and we have plenty of groups that, that they discuss the sermon series and so you can jump in they're they're not reliant on previous weeks and there's because I think the important part is just finding those relationships and finding uh, that those people that are going to really help you grow in your faith yeah very cool yeah, we're just hoping the weather kind of continues to be nice and dries out. We can get the second half of that portable building onto the property and maybe get both pieces in place and start that process. Maybe join them together. Join them together mm-hmm. and uh, start the remodel. And then, obviously, we got uh, really excited that Zoe and Alyssa are really trying to be here at the beginning. Yeah, we were just talking about it. They're trying to be here next week. Like by the end of the week. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. So, if you don't know, uh, we've hired a new worship pastor and he is hopefully going to be here next week. And so, we're really excited for him coming. Yeah. I think they're trying to be getting into town around the 5th, cool. 5th, 6th. So, that's cool. Be great. If you see him at church, make sure you say hi. Yeah. Uh, just welcome him like you guys did us for sure. For sure. Hey, thank you guys for joining us and we will talk to you later. <laughs> oh, Dave, Dave half committed. He was like, uh, uh, no, uh, not this uh, week. Uh, I like how you last week you left it in, like the whole thing. <laughs>